How would you respond this morning if I told you that God had the most amazing, incredible reverse of circumstances for your family today? How would you respond? What's the first thing that comes to you? Do you believe it (laughs) or do you dismiss it? Do you think, uh, probably not. Do you hope for it, but don't really uh, believe it's going to happen and you sort of doubt it? What I have found in life over and over is current circumstances are always a predicate to what I believe. Not that it should be this way, but this is where we live. <laughs> so if everything about, around you is going bad, it's going wrong, and that's not good, and that's not, they don't like me, and this is broken, and that's hurting, and that's falling apart, and I'm sick here, whatever. If, if all of those things are surrounding you, it's what I call the inner circle. There's two circles that we see in life. And the inner circle is everything that is right around me. If, if all those things are negative, then all of a sudden you feel like, well, maybe it's not going to work out, or maybe it's not going to be as good. The outer circle is our realm of faith, and we say, well, eventually God may do it. Eventually God may turn things around, but right now it's not so good. And all of that is based on what we're seeing around us. If things are going bad, then we're thinking it's not going to be good. This week is the NFL kickoff. Woo-hoo, you know, we're all excited about that, everyone. Okay, you think, I don't care nothing about football. That's fine, but America does, evidently, <laughs> because it, it, it's, it's huge. It's, it's a big thing out there. we got our fantasy league going, and i got all my fam, uh, family in one because that's one way I can get them to all talk football with me. <laughs> so we, we, it, uh, and a few others, you know, that we threw in there. But it, it was, uh, sorry, Andrew, you're not a few others. We're glad you're a part of that as well. But, you know, kicked off Thursday. And so with just one wide receiver, a very underperforming uh, kicker, and the, uh, the, <laughs> the Rams defense, I scored over 40 points. So I was real excited. Of course, then I realized I'm playing my daughter and something. And, man, I, I want to beat her, but just not that bad, and I want her to not get discouraged. She'll probably just come back and sweep me uh, off. But anyway, that's fun, okay? That's out there. But there's fun plays, even if you don't care anything about football. You care nothing about football. You don't understand, you know, you, you know, from a distance, you could, you know, very apathetic about it. But if you happen to be watching and you watch a play that is a reverse, there is something excited about that. There's something that says, hey, that, the, the, okay, was that, is, is that my time up already? I don't like It's all good. <laughs> what, there is, there is something excited about that play. You can be watching it and be a total, uh, uh, uninterested observer in football and watching a reverse because everybody's going this way. And also, whoa, wait, wait a minute. What's good? That guy's running that way. When everyone's going this way, what, is, what does that mean? Uh, when I was playing high school ball, <laughs> I was on the defense, and on the defense that uh, you, you talk a lot before the play. Before the play, you're yelling, oh, over here, and you're doing this, and there's a lot of chat, a lot of things going on, most of it good, but some not, but that's usually the line. But anyway, people are chatting, going back and forth, like, but then the play starts, and when the play starts, then you react. You don't have time to talk. You're just moving. You're just in, in a reflex mode. This is going, so this is going. This is how you have to do it, except for one play, the reverse, 
because especially as a defensive corner, if I see the receiver take a step forward, back up, and start going the other way, I am shouting, reverse, reverse, because I need everyone else to know that's, things are about to go the opposite direction. <laughs> and then it starts to spread, and other people yell in reverse, and that's the only time usually during the play people are yelling or shouting, what they're yelling is, it's going, it's going to go the other way. It's going to change. And you see, I believe this morning, we need to put that in, in our spirit, that God's up there yelling reverse. <laughs> it's going to go the other way. It's going to go a different direction. You think it's this way. Everything around you in your circumstances are saying, this is what it is, and this is the direction, and it probably is not going to work out, and this family's probably not going to change. But all of a sudden, God is yelling reverse. There's, there's a lot of reverse scriptures that I can point to, but I just want to highlight one that I think it just, it says it so well. Peter and John went into the temple, going into the temple, and there was a, a lame man there that was uh, lame and from birth. He was a beggar. That's what beggars do. He was either going to beg or he was going to starve. That, there was no social net. There was no social security. That was it. If he was going to eat that day, it was going to be on how well he did his begging. So he's there asking, asking. And Peter and John came up, and they see him. And, and Peter says, look at me, and then says this. I love this verse. Look at it. It says in Acts chapter 3, verse 6. It says, then Peter said, silver or gold I do not have. Okay, let me just pause there for a moment. <laughs> because... The man is thinking, oh, silver, gold, oh, and, oh you don't have. Okay, so he's setting his, his expectation. He doesn't have, it's not going to be a big amount. It's not going to be a lot of gold. It's not going to be a lot of silver. But what I do have, I will give you. What I do have, I will give you. So he's thinking, probably right about now, he's thinking, a few coins. He's, he, this guy is setting me up to say, I don't have a lot, but I'm going to give you a, a, a little bit that's in my pocket, a, a few coins. And he was ready for that. He was, he was un, anticipating that. But what he didn't know, and you can find it, it's a, it's a hidden Greek subtext in there, the word reverse, not ki kidding, it's not really there, okay? When anytime you see anything that is in brackets, that means it's supplied. So I supplied it. Because I think what happened is the angels around him was yelling, reverse! <laughs> Something is about to change. Something is going one way, and this is what life is, and this is my circumstances, and these are my finances, and this is my life. This is the uh, brokenness, and I'm around you. And then all of a sudden, someone's yelling reverse. And that's what happened here. Because the angels, I believe, were yelling reverse, and in the name of Jesus Christ, Peter says, uh, uh, of Nazareth, walk. He grabbed him, pulled his hand. He got up. He started lumping, uh, lumping, <laughs> jumping. Lumping is jumping and leaping it together, just in case you didn't know that. Jumping and leaping and praising God because there a reverse had come. And that same reverse, I believe God wants to speak to us in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Your family's going to be whole. Reverse. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, your life is going to change. Reverse. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, your sons or your daughter or your parents or the healing that you're believing for or the finances that you're asking God for for your family is going to turn around. I believe that with all of my heart. There's going to be a reverse. You see, God is calling a reverse for your family. God is calling a reverse for your family. Now, about this time, you might be thinking, whoa, 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 whoa. What if it's a trick? What if it's like a 
a double reverse. You know, reverse, reverse. What if it's, what if it doesn't come? How do I know, Greg, how do I know, really know? I'm going to give you three reasons how you know for sure that today God is calling a reverse in your life. Here's the first one. It's God's will. It's God's will. And you think, ah, well, how do you know that? You go back and listen to last week's message. <laughs> because Romans 8.28 says that we know, that we know that God takes everything, no matter what it is, and repurposes it for the good. You know what that's called? Reverse. You know what that is? That's reverse. It's going one way. It's bad. It's not, it's, it's not good. God reverses it and turns around. It is God's will. But secondly, it's not only God's will for your life today that God is speaking all over you. It's God's word. It's God's word. It is what God wants us to understand. And scripture from the beginning, Genesis, God says, Adam, Eve, you screwed up. There's going to be consequences. It's not going to be good, okay? But let me tell you what I'm going to make good because <laughs> I'm going to come and, my, and it, I'm going to destroy the very enemy that deceived you, that tricked you, that pulled you down. I'm going to turn around. You know what that's called? Reverse. <laughs> You're going to get that before this message is over. This is reverse, and you need to get that in your life, in your spirit, because you're thinking, God, what about this? And, God, I need this. And, God, that's not changing. That's not going to happen. And, God, when is this going to be happening? It is God's will. It is God's word. But just as important, and you've got to get this, it's God's way. It's what he does. It's who he is. It has always been that way. God looks at us and says, I'm going to reverse that. I'm going to reverse that. I'm going to reverse this. I'm going to turn this around. As their hearts are toward me, I'm going to take that and make something beautiful, something good. It's who he is. You see, Scripture tells us, even in our creation, even in our new creation that God has done, that he takes the old is gone and the new is here. You know what that's called? Reverse. <laughs> Thank you, Mike. You just earned your whole salary for the week. <laughs> Y'all get that later, but that's okay. So the, the, the point is that God is so good that he is, he is moving. It is God's will. It is God's word. And that's what we depend on and it's most certainly God's way. So we've been discussing the life of Ruth and Naomi. They were in Moab, and everybody died. <laughs> the husband died. The sons died. They all died. Their family's in ashes, and now they're coming back to Bethlehem. They're coming back in this broken family, and they have really nothing. And so Ruth says, okay, I'm going to go out and work in the fields, because if we don't work, I'm going to starve. We're going to starve. They, they really have nothing. And I love the way chapter 2 opens up. So what we've been talking about is how do we see and build strong spiritual families? This is what God's doing. This is the, 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 the message that's on our heart. And what you'll find in every one of the messages this month is how do we build? How does God really move in our life and build strong spiritual families? And I love this. It begins in chapter 2. Ruth's out working. She's just going to go out and try to beg. Basically, she was the poorest of poor. And it, chapter 2 begins and introduces a brand new person in, into this story that helps us understand, and it's Boaz. And Boaz is going to bring it. <laughs> Boaz is the impetus for the reverse. He's, he is the hope that's there that no one really understands. But I think this is insignificant. I really do. 
that if you look closely, Boaz's name actually means quickly. Actually means quickness. <laughs> and you think, ah, just a name. What does that matter? Or maybe the names aren't real in this story. Maybe it's just they, they, the story was true, but the names were changed. I don't, you know. But I don't believe that at all because everything that it leads up to is talks about the lineage of David and the, even the Messiah that comes, which means that every name is important. And Boaz names means, means quickly. God's about to do something quickly. The reason that's so important to me is, is that I really struggled with when I was younger, do I go into the ministry? Do I, do I want to be a pastor? I felt insecure. I felt inadequate. I didn't feel like I was smart enough. I didn't feel like I, I could do it. I didn't feel like God could use me. I really struggled with all of that. And I remember very clearly, along with other things that God laid on my heart, God just reminded me of something. You see, my name is Gregory. Gregory Don Phelps. And Gregory actually means, is a Greek word, this is true, I'm not making this part up, <laughs> that it, Gregory means to watch, watchman, shepherd, pastor. My parents named me pastor. <laughs> they didn't look at me and say, I feel like God's going to use this young man. I feel like he's going to be a pastor. We're going to call him Gregory. That, that is not the way my parents named me. Because if, if they did, they didn't like my, my other brothers. Because <laughs> my, my oldest brother is Douglas, and his name means dark water. <laughs> so they didn't look at him and say, I think you're dark water. In other words, they just say, hey, Gregory sounds good. Let's do that. <laughs> let's, let's name him. But in the middle of all that, God had a plan. God had a purpose. God had a meaning. God was doing something. I couldn't see it. I didn't understand it. And I, it, when I came to that realization, I thought, God, you're moving. God, you're bigger. He's bigger than your life. He's bigger than your family. He's bigger than your circumstances and your situation. You think can't change, won't change, isn't changing. God is so much bigger than all of that. So Naomi and Ruth come home. Now they have land, and they have a house, but they have nothing else. And you've seen people sometimes that try to keep up with the Joneses. We love the Joneses. Joneses are our favorite. <laughs> we try to keep up with the Joneses, and they get house rich, but they're poor every way because they want to look good. But this is the, sort of the situation that Naomi and Ruth find themselves in. They have land that we'll talk about next week, and they have a house, but they have no food. <laughs> you can't eat your, your, your couch. <laughs> you, if you don't have any food, you're going to starve. And so that's why Ruth goes out into the field and acts like the poor support because the rule was, usually, normally, that if you let the very, very poorest into the field after all the grain is gathered and they could just pick up a few scraps. She was going for the scraps. <laughs> but God had a reversing plan. <laughs> God had something bigger. God had something greater. And you need to understand that you may feel like I'm going after the scraps. This is not really good in this relationship or this situation or this family or whatever this is that you say, God, if somehow you could turn it around, it feels like scraps to you, but God is moving. In fact, it says, and I love the way that the, the writer, there's, it, this, especially chapter 2, is filled with so much uh, irony. It says that basically uh, Ruth stumbled, <laughs> happened to stumble into Boaz's field, <laughs> as it turned out. <laughs> As it turned out, it just happens to be just then Boaz shows up. In other words, it, it, it sort of gives the hint that this was just like an accident, but it lets you know, no, 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 God is moving here. 
And do you know that? Do you know that for you, for your family, God is moving? You're really struggling with that. You're thinking, I don't know if that's going to do it. God's going to do that. I don't know if God can turn around. But there's a reverse coming. There, and there's something. So here's my first thought. Call and reversing your family means trusting that God called it first. This is so important. This is critical to understand what God is doing. Because this is not mind games. You might feel like you're some kind of Brady. You're some kind of goat that you can call all the plays <laughs> and that you can run everything. You can even name the coach. Oh, sorry, didn't mean to say that. But you could just do anything. You know, you, you might feel like that's who you are, that you're, you're, the, you're, the, you're the gold, you're the Brady. But how many know that's usually not the way it works? You got to have the coach. The coach, even if you feel like you are good and you can't call the plays, you better listen to the coach because the coach has something to add, something to contribute, something that is amazing that's going to turn everything around and, and make it different. See, Naomi started out, and she, she said, call me bitter. <laughs> Literally, call me Mara. Just call me Mara. And that word means bitter. Call me bitter because my life is bitter. God has abandoned me. God has forsaken me. This isn't working out. That's what she says at the beginning in chapter 1. At the end of chapter 2, in, in, a, in an irony that it's easily missed, she says, she goes from call me bitter to call me blessed. <laughs> she went from bitterness to blessing because of what God is able to do. But you see, God had already spoke that reverse God had already declared that over uh, Naomi and Ruth's life. And so it was effective, and she uh, declared it because God had already said it. You need to understand it. That's God's word. God has already said it in your life. And you need to repeat that. You need to believe that. You need to ask God to move through you. Again, this isn't kind of some kind of head game, some kind of uh, confession, because it doesn't matter. You can say any positive thing you want. But if God isn't behind it, is <laughs> not happening. <laughs> it's, it's not, it's not going to be there. <laughs> you see, you can do anything you want, but you have to, the quarterback has to line up with what the coach is calling for to really be successful and to win the game. And that is true with you as well. You have to believe that God has a reverse for you. Come on, listen to me. You have to believe that God can do that, that God can take this broken situation and turn it around and make it into something good. Do you believe that? Do you believe that God is willing to, 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 to uh, change all that and to move in that situation? So Boaz arrives. He, he looks out there, and he sees Ruth, whether she was waiting. It's sort of unclear whether the, the servant had her wait till Boaz got there to work in the field or whether she was working in the field, and Boaz sees her. But I love this. I love this is our key verse. It's a very simple verse. But I hope and I pray that it changes your life forever. Chapter 2, verse 5 of Ruth. It simply says this, Boaz asked the overseer of the harvesters, where does this woman belong? <laughs> where does she belong? Where does this young woman fit in? Literally is what he's asking. Where is this woman? Where is she supposed to be? She thinks she's supposed to be in the back. Because See, this is the way it worked. The men would go first with these threshing type of uh, poles and sticks and would break the wheat down, the barley down. And then a, another group of servants, usually women, would come up and they would start to gather them all up and put them in bundles. 
And then another group behind them would gather around and pick up all the bundles and anything left on the ground and then carry it and put it away. And then behind them, the poor support, the servants of that uh, they didn't have anything. They could then see if there's anything, pick up the scraps. And, and, and basically what he was saying, wait a minute, does she belong at the scraps? Because I'm about to do a reverse. I'm about to change everything. I'm about to turn this whole situation around and, and make it different. So what he did is he said, don't be in the back. Come up to the very front where, where the the wheat and the barley are laying on the ground, and you gather in the bundles, and any bundle you gather, you keep. <laughs> now, the servants, they were doing it for a pay. They were gathering, and it had to stay into the, the main barn. But Ruth, everything she gathered right there, freshly cut, she kept. It says probably that she was able in one week uh, uh, to get enough for the next several months. She brought home 30 pounds a day of wheat and barley. And, and that's just incredible. In other words, she was the blessing. And then, and not only that, but when everyone stopped for, uh, for a break and there was a sort of a tent set up, she could go over there and have the meal with everybody else, and she could have their water that was all set up for them, and it was, it was all taken care of. She was blessed. In other words, Boaz said, you think you belong in the back, but you actually belong in the front. You actually belong because he was going to change everything. The reverse was coming because he understood something that, uh, about her that she didn't even understand, and that's what God is doing to us. And that's what God's doing to your family you got to believe that. you got to understand that. It, it's easy to believe for a little. It's so easy to believe, well, God, you just do that, and God, you, you do this. And I'm not saying we never have circumstances that are difficult or hard. I'm not saying it's never going to be a tough day when you feel like all oh, hell just broke loose. Yes, that's called the world we live in. <laughs> but in the midst of all of that, the reverse is saying, but God is able to take something that is really, really bad and turn it around. Only God can do that. You see, this is what we need to understand. Re calling reverse in your family means trusting that God will bring the abundance in your life. And you have to do that. You have to believe that God is going to do that. It, and it, it, even though the circumstances are going wrong, even though it seems like the situations in your inner circle are not changing, you can trust God and believe that God is going to do something greater, that God is calling a bigger reverse in your life. You see, by law, Boaz had to allow the poor to clean his field after everything was done. But he exceeded the law. He went far beyond that with Ruth. He, it wasn't just, okay, I'm required to do this. This is what I have to do. And you see, this is important to understand because sometimes we think this with God. God, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a Christian. I go to church. You know, I throw in some money every now and then. I show up on anniversary day and help them have a great party, you know. And you think, okay, I'm doing my bit, and so, God, you got to do your bit. Uh-uh, doesn't work that way. This is personal. It was very personal and intimate to Boaz. It was very personal and it's intimate to God. That God is here to say, I'm going to turn things around. I'm going to change everything. Let me just take a little excursus here, just a moment. In First Chronicles chapter 4, Verse 9 and 10, there is an amazing story that says the same thing. This is about a reverse of something that is seemingly going the wrong way. Because it says in verse 9, this says, Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. Literally, family. 
clan. He was, he was more righteous and, and, and loving God than all of his, his clan. His mother had named him Jabez, saying, I give birth to him in pain. Sorrows is what it means. Probably not just because it was a difficult uh, uh, childbirth, because they all were. <laughs> it, it, that was sort of normal. So there's something probably else there. Something even greater. And we see it because he says, she said, I, I gave him uh, in birth, I, gave, uh, he, uh, I had this pain. Jabez cried out to God of Israel. So he's crying out to God. He's asking God to do something. He said, oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory. Now, <clears throat> the, the translation is really poor there. You know what he's saying? In the context of everything, in the context of everything that's going on in Chronicles here, he says, enlarge my family. He's praying for his family. He's praying that, God, what is started as really difficult, what is started as really bad, God, you're going to turn around. You're going to reverse. You're going to make this something different, something incredible. He says, oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory. Let your hand be with me and keep me from harm. Watch this. So I will be free from sorrow. He's praying for his family. He's praying for the generation to come, that you enlarge my tent, you enlarge my family, you enlarge me. And the sorrow that has been started that I was named at, I was named sorrow, that you would break that and you would turn that around. You say, you might have been named sorrow. Your family, your divorce, your situation, the abuse as a child, whatever it is that you said, I was named sorrow. I, was, I had all these things. But you do not have to wear that into your family, into what God is doing, because God can take the most broken situation and turn it around. I love what it says. It just, it, it just two little verses. It says that God granted his request. God granted his request. I love that. Enlarge my family. Enlarge my family. Make it something bigger. And, and you got to see what that word granted means. Okay, so in Hebrew, I usually don't pronounce Hebrew words because I don't know how. They're really difficult. Let me put it that way. But this word, granted, it means, it literally means, it says, the word, the Hebrew word is Bow. Anybody can do that. Come on, let's all do it. Bow. That's granted. God, bow. That's what it means. And you know what bow means? Go. You'll never forget. There's a Hebrew word that you'll never forget. Bow means go. Everyone say that. Bow means go. So you know what God said? Go. Done. Finished. Live in that. Do that. Have that. Receive that. Bow means go. I'm convinced that Jesus' favorite word was go. Because you can find it all through the, the New Testament. Every time Jesus heals or Jesus challenges or Jesus corrects or Jesus forgives someone of their sin, and you, you know what he says? Go. Go live in that. Go do that. Have that in your spirit. Have that in your heart. So there's some go that we need to have. There's a reverse there that God has done that we need to believe in and walk in and go in to believe that God's able to that, do that. God is able to enlarge so much, so incredibly, beyond what you can ever imagine if you trust him, if you believe. If you, are, you, are you willing to walk in it? See, are you willing to walk in that harvest? Are you willing to say, God, man, this is really tough. This is really hard, but I believe there's a bow here for me. There's a go going on. And I'm going to walk in this, and I'm going to trust that. I'm going to believe that. Naomi reversed it when she went from bitterness to blessing. 
God had already called it. God had already said, I'm, I'm, I'm going to bless you. And she received it. How about you? How about you? Is that where you're at? Are you saying, God, I believe you're going to do this. I believe you're going to turn around. I believe you're going to change everything. Do something. Do something that God has given you. Take that. Grab hold of that. You think, Greg, it's just a small thing. Let me just end with this thought. See, call and reverse in your family means staying close to the harvest. You say, well, Greg, what does that mean? How, how does that fit in? It says, the last verse in chapter 2, that Ruth went out every single day. You know, she was getting a lot of grain. After about three weeks, she could have said, you know what? I'm going to take the day off because <laughs> got, we got plenty. We're set. We're set. We're, we got it all. But look what it says in chapter 2, the very last verse in chapter 2. It says that, where's that at? Put that verse up for me, please. It says, so Ruth stayed close to the women. Ruth stayed close to the women, so but, uh, to uh, Boaz, to glean until the barley and the wheat harvests were finished. And she lived with her mother-in-law. She stayed not only close to the harvest, she stayed close to what her commitment to her family. She could have been saying, hey, okay, I got some grain now. I need to go out and go find a husband. I need to find someone that, that can uh, take care of me. But she stayed close. She was right there. And I think there's something powerful for us to understand. That we need to stay close to the harvest. Because it's easy when all of a sudden that circle changes. Stay with me now. When that inner circle changes and all of a sudden things start to get better and things start to really improve, to say, well, I don't need this anymore. I don't need to go that. I don't need to show up to church. We need to stay close to God. When everything's going good, it's easy to miss that devotion. Now I'm just preaching. I just want to let you know. It's easy to just skip on by that. God, you're good. It's a good day. Everything going good. It's just, whoo. God go, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> what happened? It's easy to move on. Move, it's, it, you know, when you're really hurting and you're really struggling, you say, Greg, I'm going to pray for my family because they are a basket case. <laughs> and I usually say, yeah, but that starts with you. But that's beside the point. So what happens? He says, hey, hey, help. And they show up and you show up and you show up. But all of a sudden when everything's good, then it's like, Forget what God's doing. Forget how God moves. I think that's true with God's word. I think that's true with our fellowship. I think that's God true with church. God is moving. Let me read a scripture, the last one in Hebrews chapter 2. Because this is really interesting. He's, he's talking to these people that are thinking about, ah, Things are sort of good now. Maybe I can just sort of drift away. And they started to relax. And they started to just let no, say it's okay. But look what it says in, in verse, I think it says in verse 1. Put that up, Jared. It says, you must pay the most careful attention, therefore, to what you have heard so that you do not drift away. There's two nautical words in there that were used of sailors. And one was that when you, when you came up, to the harbor, you were going, you weren't paying attention to the tide. You weren't paying attention to what was going around you. And you sailed right by the harbor and hit the rocks. Don't lose. Don't lose. Don't lose your attention of what's going on. And the second one was not that they were deliberately trying to do bad, but they just, they just ignored the ship when it got up against it and forgot to tie it off. And 
for God to be anchored to the harbor, be anchored and be close to what God is saying, and they just drifted on by. And so many times I find in our life, it's not that we say, God, I hate you, God, I don't want you, but we just sort of drift on by what God is doing. God's saying, stay close. This is a key to building strong spiritual families. Keep them close. Keep them close to you. Keep them close to the connection that you have as a family. Keep them close to God. Keep them close to the church. Keep them close to the, to the fellowship so God can continue to pour into him. And that's what I believe God wants us to know this morning and what God wants us to understand about how he's reversed. Some of us feel like we're under a curse. But God wants to reverse that curse. We feel like maybe your past or what happened or what you did or what you caused is under this cloud that you have that's over you. But God wants to break all of that. And God is able to do that. God's already declared it because it's his, it's his will, it's his word, it's his way. Are we willing to step into that like Naomi did? And then eventually even Ruth does the same thing. Because you don't see the cloud under Ruth so much, but she has to step up and say, you know what? God's got something bigger. Oh, that's next week. I cannot wait. And I cannot wait for what God is doing in your life. Can I pray for you? Father, in the name of Jesus, allow your grace and your mercy and your peace to fall over every one of us. God, the, the world and the enemy tries to condemn us. But God, you're never about condemnation. You're always about convicting us to change because your goal is to reverse the, the, the things in our life that are not right. And God, I pray that if there's anybody right here, right now, that's going the wrong direction, that they're willing to reverse that and stand up and say, God, I want to serve you. I don't understand all the details, but God, I want my heart to be yours. I want your life and your blessing to be in my life. And so, Father, I surrender my heart. I give you my life. I give you all that I am. I surrender my heart. Forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of my failure, Lord. And make me new. Make me clean. And make me whole. God, for everyone that prayed that right now, I pray that your blessing and your peace and your love and your mercy and your grace and your forgiveness flows over every single heart. Restore, encourage, uplift them. In the name of Jesus, God, we thank you for that. Amen.